You're listening to Accent of the Podcast. Today, I hope you learned something new in English. In each episode, I interview a guest who has a distinct English accent. This gives all those English learners out there a variety of accents to listen to and try to understand. On today's episode, you'll be hearing from Nick, who is an accent coach from Northern Ireland. Hello and welcome to Accented. On today's episode, I'm quite excited to present an Irish accent. Now I say an Irish accent because there are so many different types of Irish accents out there, which you'll hear about from Nick. And she is from Northern Ireland and it gets a little bit complicated, which I'll let Nick explain when the interview starts, but basically Northern Ireland is not part of Ireland, yet it is culturally. However, Northern Ireland is part of Great Britain and then Ireland is a country on its own. I think I've explained that correctly. However, as I said, Nick will go a little bit more into it during the interview. I could have spoken to Nick for hours during this interview because we have a lot of things in common and we sort of have the same views about accents and how we got into this type of work. So I'm going to quickly go through some vocab because as I said, I did speak for quite a long time to Nick. So I'm going to hurry up, uh, look at some words and then jump into the interview. So one word I love that Nick used was propensity. Now, propensity, it is sort of like a natural behavior or how we act in that moment or in general. For those of you who have listened to the first episode, which is the Scottish accent, I noticed that Nick uses a word that our Scottish guest used, which is we and a wee bit, and so that means a little bit. So we is small. Another word said was intricate. Now, if I were to say to you or look at a drawing or a painting, I could say look at the intricate details. Now, intricate is the very small, minute uh, details of something. A colloquial word you would have heard was telly. Now, telly is short for television. And Nick talks about the telly influence. So that's the influence of the television. Before you head into the interview, I just want to go over this one phrase, which I think is brilliant. And Nick said that when we graced this mortal coil And mortal coil, it's a poetic term for the troubles in our lives from day to day or even the suffering that's going on in the world. It's time for the interview. Hello, today I am with Nick. She's from Northern Ireland. She is an accent coach and even a voiceover artist. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I've got lots of questions because I guess Northern Ireland <laughs> is not Ireland, but then it's part of Great Britain. 
Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, it's a wee bit confusing. Uh, we are part of the mainland UK in terms of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, but geographically we're attached to Ireland. <laughs> and it's just that it's geographically north, really, in contrast to... Um, in accent terms anyway, I like to describe it as being the geographical north rather than the political north, because <laughs> there's a few different things going on up there. And some of the Republic of Ireland, which is comes under the banner of sort of the south of Ireland, is actually geographically in the north. So it all gets a bit kind of mixed up. <laughs> so your accent is quite different to someone from the south of Ireland, though. Yeah, yeah, it is very much so. Um, I think some of the main differences between Northern Irish and Southern Irish are the melody and the tune. A lot of Northern Irish accents sort of tend to end up at the end of sentences. We have a kind of upglide, um, which uh, often sounds a bit questioning or like things are unfinished, like they're not finished their thoughts. Whereas in the south of Ireland, it tends to go down. Um, and this is where it could get confusing for your listeners if I start to do lots of different accents, I suppose, which I wouldn't want. But <laughs> in the south of Ireland, the, the tendency is to sort of end down at the ends of phrases. So you get more of an over and down sort of phrase. And it's kind of softer and some of the vowels are longer. Um, yeah, there's quite a few differences, actually. And uh, as a voiceover, it's always really funny because I get asked, I get hired as an Irish voice loads. But a lot of the time, people don't really know which bit of Ireland they want. <laughs> They're like, I need an Irish voice. Do you have one? I'm like, yep, got one of those. Uh, which part of Ireland do you want, north or south? And they're like, um, I don't really know. Is there a difference? And I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much difference. Like, we're the tiniest wee island, but we have loads of different accents. It's exciting. It, it, it's so true. My husband and I watched a documentary last night on Netflix, and it was based in Ireland in Cork. So we put it on and my husband's French actually and then we just started it but at the beginning of it he just went I need subtitles <laughs> and the <laughs> subtitles came on and I was oh, yes. we were so shocked at how many accents there are in Ireland and because the next guy would speak and you're like where is this guy from he's Irish yet he sounds really <laughs> different and then another person and we were just sitting there listening to all these accents and these people who are from Ireland it was incredible yeah and the and Cork West Cork specifically is like its own remarkable little accent um so when I was listening to the podcast version of that with my husband, who's from Yorkshire, I had to translate quite a lot of it because we didn't even have the luxury of seeing faces. You know what? It was just it was just audio on the podcast version. He was like, I don't know what he just said. <laughs> and I had to do a lot of translation for him. But yeah, West Cork is a remarkable accent, as is like Kerry over on the uh, west coast of Ireland generally. There's loads of remarkable accents. And I certainly know. Um, having brought various people home to visit at certain times uh, during my life as I've grown up, there often translation is needed. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what is an accent coach? My work in terms of accent coaching involves working a lot with performers, really. So I work with actors, voiceover artists, narrators, people like that to help them learn accents for uh, roles that they're taking on. So as we know, there are many parts out there and many actors and often you have to, you get a part that has an accent that isn't yours. Uh, so I work with performers to help them learn those accents. So I'm a bit of an accent geek, really. Right. How did you get into that? Were you doing accents as a kid? 
um I always did like voices and kind of strange sort of impressions and, and stuff when I was younger and then I always had a bit of a propensity for accents and then I went to study as an actor and I, I became an actor and then I got a wee bit sidetracked by voiceover and then a wee bit more sidetracked by an MA degree in voice studies and vocal pedagogy and um accents and that's what led me to this so now yeah I help people with all kinds of things to do with their voice even if it's just in a public speaking or podcast recording or general confidence and ease with their voice and vocal health and then part of it is helping people with accents so I spend a lot of time listening to loads of accent samples and driving myself mad trying to work out what's going on in them and analyzing them so I can then teach them to other people. Okay what's the most fascinating accent you've heard? Hmm. I think the one that fascinates me most is, um, assuming you've got a global audience, this may not this may not mean anything to anybody, but in the UK here we have an area called Stoke on Trent, and I have been to Stoke. I have been there. Have you? I've got I've got friends who are from there. (laughs) Oh my god, the accent is amazing. It is, and actually, a really really good friend, and I should get her on here because when I met her, I was like. Where are you from? <laughs> it's such a wonderful, fascinating collection of sounds. And when I listen to it, I've never had to coach it for anybody. So I've never had to really study it in depth. And I think I'm going to have to take some time to. But there's loads of different. It just sounds like there's loads of different stuff in there. Like I can hear bits of Liverpool. I can hear bits of Birmingham. I can hear bits of like sort of way over on the East Coast. It's just mad. I love it. It's really, really lovely. It's also really friendly and kind of warm and and jolly uh, so I really love that accent I, I'm trying to think of like famous people from Stoke Robbie Williams is from Stoke oh is he uh, do you know Robbie Williams from Take That yeah his accent isn't as Stokey as it like these days as, as it used to be but um, uh, if you listen to some of his earlier interviews you might hear a little bit of Stoke it's mm. fascinating it is it's funny I couldn't pick um, she's a very good friend now but I remember when I first met her I was like where is she from? I'd moved to Italy <laughs> and we were working together at a school and I was like, I don't know where this accent is from. Like, is it Irish? Is it where? And I was like, but no, it's English. It's, it's a great accent. Yeah, it's a really good one and it's on my list for sure. Do you only do accents from the UK? Uh, no, it depends really what the client needs. I mean, there are certainly accents that come up over and over again, like um, so general American, that kind of neutral from somewhere in America, but not pl- too placeable. That comes up quite a bit for people in the UK where I'm based when they're, you know, when they're like going over to do pilot season or when they're working on stuff in the West End and it's an American play. So that comes up quite a bit. Also, I tend to get a lot of people requesting Irish accents <laughs> because I am Irish. And when you search Irish accent coach, I tend to come up. <laughs> because that's what I am. Uh, a lot of UK regional accents, obviously, because I do live here, but um, mainly US and UK, the odd little bit of Europe. But uh, yeah, it, it really depends on what the client needs. Like if someone comes to you and they need a certain accent and you've got time to study it and give it the time that it needs, then yeah, I'll have a go at anything really. The training that we have is designed to allow us to break down sounds in a very specific and intricate way. So it shouldn't really matter what the accent is theoretically I should still be able to teach you how to do it that's incredible so you did a specific (laughs) course to break down accents to teach people 
so they can act in that accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was part of the course. The rest of the course was like vocal anatomy and how to teach and um, uh, voice training and character voicing and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, accents was a big part of it. Yeah, I wonder where accents are going to be in years to come though. I just find that we're all blending at the moment. Mm, Yeah, and it's funny because... I sit in this position where another part of accent coaching that you see around is what they would call accent softening or accent reduction, which for speakers of English as a second language is often quite a necessary and useful thing to help integrate and be and be understood clearly and help with people with confidence in in, uh, the, in an English speaking country in terms of work and things. But as a as an accent coach, I am very much an advocate of owning the accent that you have and loving the accent that you have and sort of making the most of that because a lot of the time here in the UK you may imagine like there's so many accents in the UK and and a lot of them come with kind of class and uh, political connotations and there's a lot of accent discrimination actually going on where people with from certain areas with certain accents are either looked over for jobs or treated in a different way because of the way they sound and I'm in this weird situation where sometimes people come to me and they go, I'm from this regional place in the UK, but people keep telling me my accent's awful. Can you help me change it? And and my line is always no, because I don't want to, because I want you to be proud of who you are and your accent's part of your identity. And like, it's a really important part of who you are as an individual. So I try to work with people on confidence in that rather than blending anything out. At the same time, though, because we're spending so much time with different people from different areas and we've got loads of different tele influence now in terms of like American programs and programs from all over the place, that accents are changing. Um, So it's a funny world to work in because people come to you and they go, I want to sound like X. And you're like, right, well, there are like 48 different versions of X these days, actually. (laughs) Which one would you like to sound like? So it's quite fascinating. And yeah, there's a lot of blending and um, sort of hybrid accents now. Yeah, no, I, and that's great um, that, well, not great. It's not great. The whole class thing is something that um, I, I, we sort of have that here in Australia. I definitely know in France it's a huge problem there. Um, you hear there, like when French people speak French, they obviously they have accents like you do in the UK and, yeah, it's a yeah. huge problem. They know a particular area and it's hard for people to find work. So it's it's a vicious cycle really. It's, it's – um, terrible that people feel that they have to change their accent but we really need to change the way that we view that because it's such an archaic sort of um view Absolutely. I, al- I always say to people that it's accent opinion is in the ear of the listener it's nothing to do with the person and we as listeners have a responsibility to listen with a more inclusive and a more open and generous ear and we can't hang on to these archaic um opinions that one accent is more intelligent or less intelligent than the other because it's just an absolute fabrication of nonsense like it's ridiculous and it's really unfair and the interesting thing about being in my position is I see the damage that it does to people because they come to you going well I was told I would even in acting I was told I would never work in my Yorkshire accent so I need to change it to an RP or a standard English accent can you help me do that and it's like and they come to you with all this really kind of 
um, damaging baggage because of what people have said about them. And that's in acting where they're used to changing and, and sort of taking on different roles. But if you imagine that in the corporate situation, excuse me, if you imagine that in the corporate situation where you go into a, a meeting and they go, would love to promote you, you're brilliant, but actually uh, you, our clients would not want to listen to your accent. So we're going to give it to this other person who sounds a different way. Like it's really, really damaging and upsetting. So um, in one sense, I'm privileged because I get to experience that and understand what it can do to people. And therefore it helps me be a better listener. But there's just so many horrible rude people out there and actually sometimes it happens really people are not well-meaning but they don't realize you know I mean I, I experienced this when I was um when I first moved from Ireland to live in Manchester people were like oh hi noi brown coy and like taking the mickey out of my accent and it never really bothered me but it happens and they do it in sometimes in an affectionate interested loving way and they don't realize actually that for some people that's that's really upsetting. I am not from a particular city. I've grown up all over Australia and I remember being with some people who are a bit older than me from Sydney and they sort of started picking on my enunciation. They were like, oh, you should say this. You know, back in the days, people in Sydney used to uh, speak the Queen's English. And I'm sort of just sitting there going, well, what is the point of this conversation? And it's kind of this elitism that, you know, I don't know why people have to say those things. And that really sort of pushed me to have a podcast like this because I'm like, hang on a second. I was never taught where to put the emphasis on words it's something that we are just that we learn from listening and that was sort of picking on different states in Australia and how they speak and how that here in New South Wales everyone used to have the British Queen's English and it's yeah that stuff just sort of annoys me it annoys me too and I think there are various reasons it happens actually from a listener's perspective so the first thing is we come to listening uh, with a huge amount of unconscious bias in terms of the interactions we've had with people during uh, our lives with certain accents. So, you know, if it's very similar to someone going, oh, I don't like the name Susan because I had a horrible teacher called Susan once, you know, and, and it happens with accents. If you've had a terrible interaction with someone who sounded a particular way, somewhere in your psyche, you're going, that sound makes me uncomfortable. The other thing is the media has a lot to blame in terms of this when you think about when in the uk at least when you watch telly here if there is somebody who is like uh, in a professional position if there's someone who's in a professional position like a lawyer or a doctor or something like that they'll sound standard english uh, or they'll sound scottish maybe if you anybody that you see on the telly who is a murderer or a thief or a, a good for nothing they're always from like Birmingham or Liverpool or the middle of Glasgow or something like that. If you have someone who is a little bit less intelligent or has less cop on, as we'd say in Ireland, they'll put them from Birmingham. Like it's all ingrained in the culture that we absorb. So people start to take these um, ridiculous kind of views on for themselves and they become ingrained and I think people forget that actually they're probably not their views at all it's just the views that have been pumped into their face and their ears since they um since they graced this mortal coil so uh 
it's getting a wee bit better over here. We have a bit, bit more representation for accents. Um, and funny enough, we have, a, we have an episode of our podcast, The Voice Over Social, on um, why the attitude, the Birmingham accent is why it is. We spoke to a linguist about it. So that's a really interesting one to check out, actually, because it's all about how this one woman in one radio drama at one point in history had to do a Birmingham accent. And she had to do a character who was like a little bit dim and she chose a Birmingham accent. And then it all spiraled out of control from there. So it's culture, it's the media. Some accents that I hear these days um, aren't, you know, as clear as they used to be. We have a project over here called the Accentism Project, which is set up by a group of linguists at Manchester University. And they've been doing loads of research into it and asking people to send in their experiences of accentism and all that kind of stuff. So it's certainly something that is it's at the forefront of, of my echo chamber you know online because it's something that I'm interested in um so I maybe see a little bit more of it than than other people do but that's that's part of my job you know and I and I feel like it's my responsibility to get on a flipping soapbox as much as I can about it and champion um how wonderful and diverse and important all the accents that we have are um so anytime anybody from the press calls me about accents I'm like hold my beer (laughs) I'm here for you (laughs) no I think that's great yeah I'm really glad we found each other because I think we could talk for ages about this sort of stuff oh my god yeah we could (laughs) we really could (laughs) well thanks so much for coming on the show Nick you're welcome thanks for having me no worries bye-bye thanks for listening to another episode of Accented I'm your host Kimberly Law Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.